Ashley on air. The topics may change, but one thing stays the same. You're going to have a damn good time. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up to the sexiest woman on the airwaves. The one, the only, your host, Ashley. Hey guys, welcome to Ashley on Air. Today we are going to be talking about heart health and how functional and naturopathic medicine, even herbs, can help improve your heart health and even help you prevent certain things that come along with, uh, you know, heart conditions. I am your host. I'm Ashley Rogers. I'm a naturopathic practitioner and herbalist, and I specialize in functional medicine. And I see a wide variety of clients for many, many reasons. And heart health is always in the forefront of my mind when I see clients. So let me just start by saying, I have so much to say about this. And just like the description says, when it comes to heart health, there's so much to take into consideration. So the intention of my podcast is not to overwhelm anybody, but what I want to do is I want to empower you to take a look at your own personal situation, not just what standard um, protocols tell you, you know, if you're symptomatic, then go get checked. You know, you can start now. So my, my intention is to empower you to, you know, to pay attention to yourself, you know, to just, um, you know, take preventative measures that are, that are good for you. Maybe not the next guy or next woman, but they're good for you in your own, you know, big entire health picture, but especially when it comes to health or your heart health. So, Heart health is the number one killer in America, and it is expected, not heart, not heart health, but heart failure is expected to rise. But the way we're going right now, an incredible 46% by 2030, 46%, okay? The system, that tells me, that tells a lot of people, that the system we have is not currently working, okay? Beta blockers, you know, ACE inhibitors, the things, they're just not working, okay? And that is crazy because heart disease is the most, one of the most preventable things, you know, conditions in existence. It's so preventable. So I do have my own experiences with heart health. I will start off, I guess, with that. So when I was young, and if you've listened to my story, part one, two, and three, um, you will know that I did go through some very traumatic situations. And I think it's pretty obvious that when you go through an, an emotional trauma or a, like a, a highly, um, you know, stressful situation, then it can affect your heart health, your, you know, your cortisol levels and everything like that, your, your stress and, um, you know, the enzymes that are, are needed for your heart to function correctly, they get all out of whack, right? So when I was younger, I I was experiencing some chest pain, you know, some palpitations and, and things like that. But, you know, I was young and I was supposedly healthy and I was, I was a healthy little girl aside from a couple of the you know stressful things I had, I had been through. Um, but throughout, you know, growing up and getting a little bit older, you know, I started experiencing more with the chest pain. You know, what is going on? I'm not supposed to have chest pain. Uh, and then when I, I turned about 20, uh, 19 years old. I finally, I couldn't take it anymore. I, I was like, you know what, this, why is this happening? You know, I did all the things. I, I tested my magnesium and potassium and sodium levels, and they were a little bit low. And I noticed when I supplemented that I, I was feeling a little bit better. 
but it just it, it wasn't enough. I would still, especially especially during times of high stress. I I just I would get the pains in my chest. It would run down my arm all the way into my fingers, and I just couldn't you know I I couldn't take it anymore. So I go to a doctor, a specialist, and they gave me a monitor. And I would they were suspecting mitral valve prolapse, which is just when you have a tiny little hole um, in, in your mitral valve that sometimes causes it to um, not necessarily leak, not in a super concerning way, unless you have a huge hole, then that is very concerning. But I did have a small hole and it would cause sometimes for the valve to close shut. And then my heart would palpitate and it would scare me to the point where I would cough. And sometimes even today I will have palpitations and I will cough like what the heck. Um, so they, the test was a slightly inconclusive. And so, you know, they did all the things, stress tests and, and all this. And, and, and during my time going through these tests, I'm thinking to myself, okay, <laughs> I'm a young woman and this is something significant heart disease and heart conditions and serious things when it comes to heart health is not age discriminate. It really doesn't matter what age you are. You need to take care of your heart. And that's emotions, that's trauma, that's, you know, everything that's going on inside of you. And and as I got older, I learned all the things that, you know, contribute to heart health. I won't get to that. But I, you know, in doing all of these tests and all of this stuff that was going on, they were like, you know what, I, I, I mean, yeah, maybe you have mitral valve prolapse. We don't, you're young, like, we don't think it, it could really be anything that we need to worry ourselves with. Do you want to go in and scope it? We can go in and scope it. I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. But they, they did do some more tests, and they, they discovered that I had broken heart syndrome. And I had, before this, before I was, when I was about 17 and 18, my great-grandparents, my very favorite people in the entire world, um, they both passed away within four months of each other. And, um, you know, it, it was said that my, my, my great-grandfather passed first, and my great-grandmother, she just, you could see it in her. You know, she was brokenhearted, and she kind of just laid down and gave up. And, you know, they were they were older, they were smokers their entire lives, and, um they just their health just deteriorated at at the older ages and her health was declining anyways but 100% you know the doctors and specialists and nurses said that a contributor to her her passing was finally broken heart syndrome so i had i had known about that you know prior to doing some of my own tests and you know part of me i think when um, you know, when you're a little bit younger and you feel like your health is great and, you you know, you're an athlete and you work out. And I was, I was a cheerleader and I was always, always working out. I was always doing competitions. I was always active. So I'm like, okay, am I overdoing it in that department? And I always had a, another thing that I, I had myself, so I have it now, is a, kind of a lower lung capacity. So I run out of breath really, really quickly. And that's, I think that's kind of congenital because um, in, in doing some of my own you know, research and things like that, my mother, she was a smoker. She smoked before she got pregnant with me. She didn't smoke during, but she picked it back up after. And I was always around, um, I was always around smokers and secondhand smoke and things like that. But I really, 
and they did some tests on my lungs too, and they couldn't really conclude that, that maybe my heart, my lungs are just a little bit small, smaller than, I don't know what, but <laughs> just a little bit small. So anyways, they were running these, all of this, these tests, and I think the last thing they thought to check was Takotsubo for me. But I did, in fact, have Takotsubo, and that is when you experience some type of emotional trauma that is very, very, very intense and severe, and it causes the lower left lobe of your heart to expand. And it just, it will, it, some of the symptoms kind of mimic the heart pains of, of having maybe a heart attack or a heart episode. Um, so they were like, you know what, you're young, there's really nothing, you know, you can, you can do certain things, you know, lifestyle habits, and I thought that was very surprising, to assist you, you know, throughout your life with, with Takatsubo and the, they just said, you know, basically you're going to have to keep your stress levels down um, and do stress tests. And anytime you have heart pain, you know, you need to just have it checked out just to be, you know, better safe than sorry. So I was very surprised by that. I mean, I was, but I wasn't, you know, and, and now knowing what I know and doing what I do, it is very important for me to talk with my clients about traumas, recent childhood, anything like that. Recently, I had a consultation with uh, a guy, and he was in New York. And, you know, we spoke about a lot of things in his childhood, and he actually had similar things that were happening to him at a young age that were happening to me at that age. Uh, you know, and and so, you know, we get to talk about the importance that that trauma writes on your body. If you are not able to overcome this trauma correctly and you store it somewhere, it's going to affect your brain. It's going to affect, you know, your heart, your, your um, enzymes and everything that your body needs for your heart to work correctly. Uh, you know, another thing we talk about also is diet, but there's just so much that goes into it. It's crazy. So another experience that I had, and I recently did a video series called Healing Masculinity, Healing Mankind. It's on my YouTube channel. It's public. It's on my website as well, I believe. Um, and I, I had a great time doing it. Oh, my God. Men's health is something that I'm very, very passionate about. Um, you know, not a lot of people focus on it. But, you know, we do need our men to to lead the way. We need our men to be healthy. And the the, the title of the, the entire um, episode, series, Healing Masculinity, Healing Mankind, is is just that. We need our men to take the, you know, the initial steps to be healthy and um, to kind of lead the way, you know, and I spoke with so many doctors and specialists and, uh, you know, I just, I had a great time doing it. And initially meeting these doctors, uh, when I was talking to them about joining the series, uh, you know, I would I would ask the question, why did you get into your field? Why, you know, a lot of them are naturopathic doctors and practitioners doing kind of the same thing that I do. Uh, and a couple of them had very similar stories. Um, you know, if someone in their family got very sick and they watched them struggle with multiple medications, never feeling better, not having this quality of life that they deserved, that they wanted, and you know, and, and just doing their own research and, and, and finding that there is a better path, right? So a couple of these men had a similar story in that their fathers, um, you know, just 
the very typical, you know, the guy's not going to go to the emergency room or go to the doctor or get anything checked out unless it won't come up or it's fallen off. So, and <laughs> that is what one doctor said, and I thought it was hilarious because it's true. Men don't really pay attention to a lot of the signs where women are, are programmed to be more in tune because, you know, we get to be the mothers and we get to recognize different cries and, you know, different communications without talking, you know, with the kids. Uh, and the fathers are more like the brute, strong, you know, push forward energy. That's the masculine and the feminine. But anyway, so a couple of them have the similar story. They're, they're you know, dads were male figures in their life wouldn't you know they were kind of taking care of themselves they would just go 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 and no self-care and stressful life and life's on the farm or life at work or whatever it was and they pushed through everything to the point where they suddenly have you know insulin spikes glucose spikes risk for type 2 diabetes and now they're if they are a risk for heart disease or they already have heart disease or they've had a heart attack now and they have to have bypasses. And that happened to to my grandfather as well. So my grandfather is a very hardworking man. He was always an entrepreneur. He was um he was a well he he was a police officer first and then he started his own mechanic shop and he worked you know, he worked his fingers to the bone and he was he came home and worked on the farm and at the house and on the land and on the garden and all the things. And you could not get the man to stop. You could not get the man to stop. You just did, did not stop. And um, one day I was supposed to be home and I was doing the normal teenager thing. And to this day, I feel guilty about it. But one day he was out on the tractor and I, I think leading up to this, he was ignoring some signs. He was getting, you know, shortness of breath and, um, he was eating terrible, you know, soda, two or three sodas a day, meat, processed meat, sausages, steak. I mean, that's just, that was his diet all the time. You know, pastas, sugar. He loves sugar. He wakes up in the middle of the night eating sugar. He still does this to this day and it drives me mad. But um, well, he was out on the tractor one day and he had a heart attack and he knew something was wrong. And instead of calling someone to drive him to the hospital, he drove himself to the hospital where he then had to be admitted. They checked all of these things, you know, and it's the same thing, insulin spike, glucose spike, crazy cholesterol, heart failure, heart attack. So he had to be admitted, like I said, and I think as soon as they could get everything, all of his numbers and markers stable, the time is a little bit blurry to me, but they had to do a not one, not two, not three. They had to do a quadruple bypass because he had four arteries that were clogged. Four. <laughs> Never. I, it was just, it, this time was just unbelievable because he never complained. He never spoke of anything that needed to, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't taking any preventative measures either. So, you know, this was, this was a big deal. You know, so, you know, the doctor did have talks with him about his diet and his lifestyle, and he quit smoking. He he was a, like, pack-and-a-half-a-day smoker. I should have mentioned that as well, a day. And he quit smoking cold turkey. And I thought that was very, very impressive. That was really cool. He, he was taking things seriously. 
you know, the, the thing that he had the hardest time with was his diet. This is what I'm watching firsthand. This is what I'm experiencing firsthand. He had the hardest time with his diet. You know, going from he, he liked to eat his steaks super rare to now, you know, they're like, well, if you have to eat meat, you can't eat raw meat. You know, and it was he, he had to switch from butter to I can't believe it's not butter. And I, you know, at the time I knew that these were all the best switches that he could have made, but he was trying really hard, but he had such a difficult time. And with the diabetes, you know, learning of the diabetes at the same time as the heart attack, then, you know, that really threw him for a loop, that waking up in the middle of the night with the sugar and stuff. I mean, he still does that, but, you know, he has gotten a little bit better. But anyways, there are just so many things that, you know, that lead up to any kind of heart episode, heart, I like saying episode, I guess, condition, that, you know, it, it's it's really so crazy. And even though there is, there, there are all of these things leading up to heart, it, there's just so much you can do to prevent it in the first place. So, in, you know, going over mind-body things and, and traumas that have happened to you in the past and things like that, that is definitely something we do focus on in my practice. And whether you like it or not, you're going to spend a lot of time with me if you do decide to work with me you know, talking, we're going to talk about everything, you know, what's, you know, your current stresses, your past stresses, childhood, everything you went through from, you know, from vaccinations to everything. We're going to talk about it all. And talking, I think, is, you know, going over everything and, and making sure we cover everything is important um, in, in anything, in heart health or in anything. And it's also going to tell me what tests you need. Not everybody's going to need a test you know, the same test. But I will tell you that I do use a test that it, when it comes to heart health and preventing heart health, you know, over a certain age and, and whatever, there are so many different markers that we need to look at. You know, your standard um, HDL, LDL, regular cholesterol, um, total cholesterol, um, all of those things, okay, dense LDL, you know, very little, you know, it, all of that is important to look at. Yes, it is. But included in that test, and I'm looking at it right now because there's so many markers that I even, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's in there too. So when it comes to overall cardiometabolic health, we need, you know, all the insulin glucose numbers, uh, your CRP, which is overall inflammation. And that will, you know, a lot of these things will give us an idea of what's going on besides heart health as well, you know, and what might actually be causing it. You know, if you have a lot of, chronic inflammation in your body, your 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 heart is probably going to be overworked a little bit because, you know, you need to send oxygen-rich, um, you know, blood and, and white blood cells and all that, which is also liver, which is also coordinated to heart health or whatever. Um, so it's going to need to be, you know, constantly, you know, send, you know, pumping blood and sending things to the places that it needs to go for this inflammation. Yes, triglycerides are important. I think, I think, triglycerides are one of just a few things that we look at when it comes to external causes of high cholesterol or heart, possible heart disease or artery clogs, because triglycerides do actually come a lot from what you eat. So the other 80% of the cholesterol and proteins and lipoproteins and fats and all of that are 
created by the liver and the intestines. So don't tell me that liver health and gut health are not important. They're created by that, you know, to transport fats and proteins in the body. They're created to repair any damage that might be done in the body. A lot of the time we, we find uh, higher levels of cholesterol in areas of the body that have been damaged because it sends that protein there to fix it. And a lot of the reason why you see cholesterol build up in heart attacks, heart disease, is because there has been something happening repeatedly that your heart has to repair somehow and it sends cholesterol to it repeatedly and that's what clogs it. So, you know, cholesterol sometimes gets a bad rap and it gets the blame for heart disease when the first thing we should really look at when it comes to that is what are you putting in your mouth and what is your liver doing? What are your intestines doing? Um, you know, mycotoxins, molds, bacterias, parasites, all of these things we can look at as far as gut health and liver health and, and you know, how your body is producing these things. But we need to see, we need to see all of it, okay? When you come to me or you go to a good functional medicine practitioner, they're not just going to look at your, your you know, your standard four markers of your cholesterol and go, okay, well, you know, those all are in okay range. Or even if they're out of range, well, okay, you know, that's, let's just, you know, do, let's just focus on that only. Because it's not just that only. You know, we need to look at now, uh, you know, your liver. We need to look at how your liver is processing. So we need to look at ALTs, ASTs, um, your your BUN, your BUN level, creatinine. So we need to look at homocysteine, which is how your body is. Um, and homocysteine is actually is kind of loaded as well. But if you have elevated homocysteine levels, then I can pretty much tell you that you're not methylating a lot of your, your vitamins like folate and B12, which are very, very important for heart health, for overall health, really. Um, and then that is also, if you, a lot of the time have high homocysteine levels that way exceed, you know, what functional medicine thinks is optimal, then I can probably tell you that you have the MTHFR gene mutation, at least homozygous for that. So we, you know, homocysteine is super important to look at. Lipoprotein A, lipo, your liver and your gut also produce things like lipoprotein because cholesterol is very sticky and it cannot really move through the body freely without it. So it produces this, these things like, you know, lipoproteins. Um, there's several different kinds. So they're, they're all in my, my tests that I do. Um, and that helps transport these things to the body. Your body also needs cholesterol. And I like to talk about this because it gets a bad rap most of the time when it doesn't need to. Your body needs cholesterol to produce hormones like testosterone, like estrogen. And your body also needs it to produce, well, vitamin D is a hormone. I don't know if I said that already, that it needs that to produce. But your body does need cholesterol to help produce vitamin D. And we all know you get most of your vitamin D from the sun. And that's the best way to get it. But it's so important to have this cholesterol. And this is why, and oh my gosh, there's just so much that goes into it. But if someone is coming to me and they're considering a vegan diet, then you know we know that our bodies need cholesterol to produce hormones. So then you know we have to put them on a very specific, I, I do like to see these numbers because we could really mess a person's um, hormones up 
if they are relying, if their liver is not putting up its 80% of cholesterol and it's the food that's producing most of the cholesterol, which it shouldn't be. I think if you eat, let's say, one egg yolk, that's 200, um, I think it's 200, uh, what was it? 200 milligrams, I think, of, you know, what your body, yeah. So one egg yolk, sorry, it's 200 milligrams of cholesterol. And then your you your body will make the other, your liver should make the other 80% or 800 milligrams. Um, and then it'll make that from your fats, sugars, and proteins. So if, if you're, if your liver is not compensating the way that it should to produce your cholesterol, because you're only supposed to be getting 20% going in the mouth, then, you know, you're going to going to cause some issues. You're going to have some, some stomach stuff go on, and you are going to see a huge dip probably in your hormones. And I'm not, I'm not right now in this podcast advocating for one diet over another. I will do a completely different podcast for diet some other time. Um, but... Yeah, so, you know, we are considering everything, you know, and then when it comes to uh, nutrients that your body needs, you know, we're we're looking at all of the omegas, EPA, DPA, DHA, omega-6, okay? If you have too much omega-6, then, you know, that we're going to have to take a look at, you know, what's going on. Getting too much omega-6, is this related to your homocysteine? Does this have to do with, you know, the inflammation, the CRP that's going on? So many things to look at. It's so, you know, it's very multifaceted. So the good thing about functional medicine, the good thing about a good functional medicine practitioner is that they will typically be able to test for all of these things and look at the ranges and tell you exactly what's going on based on those numbers. And yes, we do like to look at labs, okay? But you as a person are not a set of labs. You're not a set of symptoms. You're not a set of anything that hasn't even happened yet. But you are, you know, if when taking into consideration that heart disease is the number one killer in America and so many people are predetermined to get it because of lifestyle and diet and just daily stress and being in front of a computer too much and not getting enough love and not getting enough of what they really need based on their own self-care needs, taking everything into consideration is so important. And seeing these numbers are important, you know, and, and again, our system that we currently have is not working. It's just not working. I, I mean, great. Yes. And, and let me just throw a little disclaimer out there right now, a little disclosure. If you ever have any heart pain, chest pain, anything that worries you and, and, you know, whatever, get it taken care of right away. If you suspect that you have serious heart stuff going on, go to a specialist right away. Stop listening to this podcast, turn it off, call your doctor, Go to urgent care. If you ever suspect anything, go, okay? Because if you need beta blockers or something like that to save your life, then you should not wait. <laughs> do not wait. Do not hesitate. Go. Call somebody to go with you if you're scared. Do not mess around with this. But if you, you know, if you haven't had symptoms yet, but someone in your family has had them, or you know, just for your own preventative measures and you want to make sure that you're doing okay and you want to stay on top of it, call me. Relax. Don't freak out. Just call me when you're ready. 
and we can take care of all of this. We will, we will, you know, look at all of these things and everything will probably be fine. But again, the system that they currently have, it's just not, it's just not working. And I, I was listening to um, a doctor speaking recently and she was out of Jonesboro, Arkansas, I believe. And she was talking about this device that they have now that they they give patients to wear home and it will alert i think it's i think it's like a study it's some type of like um research they're doing on a lot of these patients and in arkansas and in the south heart disease is more prevalent for you know i think obvious reasons just just you know in at this point it's in the genetics because of just bad diets and i'm not discriminating and i'm from the south so I've seen it firsthand, so I'm not discriminating or hating on anybody. But I do think a major shift in lifestyle does need to happen in those in that part of the United States. But we're getting—I think we're getting there. Anyway, she was saying that they were sending their patients home with these devices, and it would alert them whenever the patients were having an episode, when their heart was becoming abnormal. And she said that one finding that you know, was, was causing the alert to go off in the first place was that the patients just were not being compliant with their medication. And it wasn't because they didn't want to be compliant with their medication. It was because they couldn't afford it. They could not afford, listen to that. They couldn't afford the heart medication that is supposed to be keeping them alive. And I'm just like, what? And so she's like, yeah, then we would set them up with um, medication pharmacy, I don't even know what it is, but some type of assistance where they could afford it and their alerts would stop going off. And I'm just like, I mean, is there another thing that we could find? I mean, yes, sometimes we do need life-saving medication, but to hear that they couldn't be compliant because they couldn't afford it, it broke my heart. We have to do better. There is so much more we can be doing, you know, looking at everything, you know, the liver, and they might be missing these things. They just see, okay, well, you know, the the left is completely blocked or the right is completely blocked or whatever, and they're, they're going in and they're saying, okay, surgery, and, and that's fine, and that is life-saving, and I'm not saying it's not. I'm not saying we don't need it. I'm saying there's we've got to do better beforehand. You know, and, and like I said before in the beginning of this, when I was going through some of my own stuff, and the realization that that heart disease might not be so discriminant, you know? So, so I, with my kids, I started them at an early age, you know, doing all the heart healthy things, which we should. And there's, there's a lot of, you know, doctors out there that, that are all about this as well, you know, and we should be making sure that our kids have the right omegas and the right amounts of all of the, the micronutrients that they need to be overall healthy, but we get to also have the opportunity to start at an early age so that, you know, later on they're not depending on something they can't afford to save their life. And, you know, you can, it's never too late to start. You can start right now, no matter what age you are, no matter what age your kids are, you can start right now. And I guarantee you, you're going to, probably save your life, your kid's life, your kid's kid's lives, because they're going to know, you know, they're going to know the signs, they're going to know the micronutrients and, and all the things that they can do naturally to prevent these things in the first place. I can't speak for congenital conditions and things that, you know, really 
are not preventable, but that's just such a small portion of what is really what can go on, or such I guess such a small um, yeah portion of you know heart disease as a whole. You know most of it is super preventable. You know teaching kids to eat right. I mean I know that that might sound like a broken record, but I'm gonna say it again. Not every child is going to need the same diet. I mean obviously kids don't need to be eating you know, or, you know, tons of sugar, tons of processed food. I mean, these are just such obvious things, fast foods and, you know, processed meats, lunch meat and sausage and bacon and all that stuff. Kids don't need that stuff. They do not need it. And if you don't give it to them, you're not going to want it, like, you know, to start with. Uh, I'll get started on that at another time as well about diet. Um, but we, you know, the red food colorings and the cornstarches and all, all of these things, you know, you teach your kids to eat well, heart-healthy foods. There are so many heart-healthy uh, diets out there. There's so much good information. And, if, and again, if you feel a little overwhelmed, lean on, if it's not myself as a functional medicine practitioner, find someone that resonates with you that you feel like you can lean on and you can say, look, I need help. I need help with either myself or I need help with my children. And I guarantee it will change your life. If it's not just for heart health, for everything else, it will change your life. Now, I was going on a rant to say, <laughs> I guess, that, uh, oh, also about the alerts. The other thing that was setting, there was, I guess, two main things. I couldn't afford their medication. So that was like a, compli- a compliance issue. And another one was, um, it was stressful situations so it was like um you know and and i think she gave an example and i'm sorry i'm blanking i'm trying to think um of the age range and the guy it was a guy uh, a male and i believe he was late 40s and he was still working obviously and he would alert um when he every morning i think when he would get to work and they would call him and say well what what did you do take your medication and all these things, and they ended up figuring out that he was just very stressed, high stressed. So then she's like, well, then we just um, then prescribed, um, it was like yoga and meditation. And I'm like, well, here's a thought. <laughs> what do we have to wait for the alerts to go off? Why are we not sending people home with a meditation prescription right away? I do. I mean, and if, if you don't know how to meditate on your own, I teach you. I mean, that is my job. That's my job. That's what I do. I teach you mind-body techniques. I teach meditation. I teach sweating and getting out in the sunlight. And I teach sleep hygiene. And I cannot express how important sleep is for your cardiovascular system. And so it's, it's everything. Do I love functional medicine? Yes, I do. I talk about it all the time. But for the cardiovascular system, sauna, sweating, you know, getting out toxins, you, yes, your toxins can go to your heart and it can affect your heart enzymes, but they need to, you know, to fire correctly. Toxins and um, like, you know, environmental toxins, alcohol, drugs, prescription medications, those all do put stress, oxidative stress and toxins into the body. And that does affect your micronutrients. So magnesium, potassium, sodium, I said that once before. 
you know, if your if your body is being depleted of those things, you know, your heart is gonna ha- is going to be slightly overworked, at the least. So all these things are very important. Another thing that I love, you know, for people that come to me and we're working with their cardiovascular system, their heart health, preventative measures, even current conditions, um, herbs. Herbs. I love herbal medicine. I love studying herbal medicine. I you know, I am very into the scientific validation of herbal medicine. And for the heart, I can tell you I have seen the most success in prevention and reversal with one particular herb alone, and that's hawthorn berries. And it has been studied in so many countries on so many levels scientifically, and it works exponentially better at, um, you know, reducing, uh, improving coronary health than so many different medications on the market and so many different things. And, it, and what I love about herbs as well is that they, they have so many different properties to them. One, one herb can be used for so many different things. One herb can contain so many phytonutrients, so many tocotrienols, so many I mean, just all the things, the you know, vitamin A's and the fat solubles and, and all of the things that your body needs for one thing, but it can cover so many. So for Hawthorne, I'm seeing, you know, improvements in the digestive tract. Um, if they have any, let's say, leaky gut or anything that's any, you know, anything that's going on that the intestinal lining or the mucus needs to be healed in the intestines, I'm seeing that with Hawthorne as well. And a lot of times, most of the time, almost all the time, gut health and heart health are correlated, are interdependent. So Hawthorne is something that I utilize a lot for a lot of different things, but heart health is number one. Uh, another one is motherwort. Motherwort is great. Rosemary is another great one. And I'm talking, you know, vasodilation. I'm talking about the way that it, it helps your body take blood away from the heart and put it, you know, correctly to, you know, organs and all the things, you know, all the places it needs to go. I'm talking about helping to unclog them and keeping them clean. Rosemary is great for that, you know, and there are a lot of, a lot of times that, you know, I see, if I see cholesterol super high and I know it's because, you know, the heart risk is higher, then, you know, we got to scrub it. It's like, you you know, you got to get in there and clean it. So, we you know, we scrub and rinse. So, Rosemary is kind of the scrubber. Hawthorn can be considered the rinse. But everyone's different. Not everyone's going to be the same. This is just kind of a, an overall um, assessment, an overall kind of guide. So herbs. Herbs are great. So when it comes to heart health, you know, get out in the sun. Get your vitamin D. Get your, get your cardiometabolic test done. The one that I use is it's very simple. If you don't come to me in the office to do the blood draw there, I do my blood draws in the office as well. If you are a virtual client or virtual patient, I can send you to a number of different labs. I can find one. I will find it for you. I do everything for you. It's so easy. I will find the lab for you. I will send you with the lab. They will have a kit ready for you. Uh, This particular test is $90, and I also like to do hormones with it, and that is another... uh, Oh my gosh, I'm sorry I'm blanking, but I do like to do hormones with it. Um, and then I like to do a CBC as well. And all of that is $180. It's seriously 
such a great investment in your health, especially if you are wanting to take measures with your heart and even with your hormones. We need to know what's going on with your liver, your cholesterol, your heart, your omegas, and all of these things if you, if you need you know, advice with your hormone health and you need help balancing your hormones. A lot of guys come to me and they're like, oh, you know what, I feel like I just have low testosterone. Can you put me on some testosterone? I'm like, hmm, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to check all of these things that I just mentioned. All of the things that I would check for someone for their heart, I would definitely check for their hormones as well. And a good functional medicine practitioner should. So get your tests. You know, go over everything. Get your sunlight. Go over everything with your functional medicine practitioner. Call me. Let's do a consultation. Again, they're free. Um, I'll also put the link if you want to just book it. I'll put the link in the description if you're watching this on YouTube. And I'll also put the link in the description on the uh, podcast box. Um, You know, really reduce your stress. And I know that's easier said than done but I can teach you how to do that as well. Take up meditation. Go on YouTube. Even if it's just taking, if you can just meditate for two minutes at a time, work your way up. So important. Exercise. Exercise, exercise. I can't tell you enough to exercise. Get good sleep. And if you're having a hard time with your sleep, we need to be looking at these things anyways. And there's a couple of other markers that I look for as well when it comes to sleep. If you're not sleeping, your body is not taking out harmful, toxic protein that it needs to Take out of the brain, the heart, the liver, the kidneys. And that is so important for heart health, for all the health, for all the health. Um, and, you know, just there are so many things that we can do. You do not have to. We should not live in a time anymore where we should be worried about a, a spike of 46% within the next 11 years. And it shouldn't be the number one killer in America. So start with you. Start with yourself. And then you can take care of your family. And everything should fall into place that way. You know, you find, you find your peace with your health and everything should fall in place. Okay, guys, that will wrap up today's Ashley on Air. I had a great time. I hope you did too. Again, if you have any questions, please reach out to me, Ashley at SoCalNaturalHealth.com. If you want to go ahead and just schedule a consultation, you can do that as well. Again, I will put the link um, in the descriptions and all the places. And I hope you have a great day. And until next time, bye guys.